0: Right we're live so we would just carry on talking thank you so have you had all the thunderstorms and rain and
1: have you been okay? No we've had all the thunderstorms fortunately uh, so the love of my life is my Dalmatian Uh, unfortunately he's quite a chilled uh, chap Um, so um, he wasn't bothered about the thunder and then uh, the only problem I had was the other night when it was raining so hard it took about five goes till about two in the morning before he'd actually go outside and <laughs> go to the oh. before he went to bed. So he's like, looking, I'm not going out there. So, uh, yeah, but um, I think we've had a pretty good summer, really. I'm not complaining. We've had uh, a lot of good walks, a lot of good. Uh, I live in a little village, so I'm very lucky. Um, and uh, yeah, we've had we've found loads of new walks and things to do, which has been lovely
0: lovely hi andy thanks for joining so andy's joining from fetford we've got andy joining from fife in um scotland which is nice so thanks very much no it's andy overman (laughs) (laughs) but no so firstly um kate thanks so much for giving up your time i appreciate it um and let's introduce you i mean i've got your book here and there's like about a two-page introduction so i think (laughs) i think this is i think this is going to take my whole um interview but so kate one of the leading um UK independent property experts, market analyst, industry consultant, Kate advises professional bodies, government and works with many leading property companies, including agents, developers, mortgage, insurance, prop tech and various industry bodies to help them improve their consumer offering. I'm going to stop there and I'm going to tell us, t- tell us a little bit about your story. And um, Hi Chris, thanks very much for joining as well. So tell us your story and how you got, how your interest in property and helping the consumer um, started and came along.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll kind of start there, actually, because I I'm kind of like um, went into the working world in early 90s, and um, I was quite lucky. I landed a very good job at uh, Unilever, um, so I got fantastic sales and marketing training. Um, but I was in Croydon, and for anybody that knows Croydon back in the early 90s, the market was diving badly and Croydon was really suffering. Um, and I, I'm the youngest of three. So my brother and sister had got on the property market in 89 and they'd both gone into negative equity. And uh, I remember just thinking that's not going to happen to me. So part of my job was I was actually still just basic salesperson, to be honest. And I used to sell PG tips and Frey Bentos, and OXO cubes and stuff like that. And, uh, so I was good at it. I got very good. I had these most amazing guys teach me how to negotiate. And that was like one of the best skills ever um, to give me. So uh, I couldn't, interestingly, I couldn't afford to get on the housing ladder on my own because I don't know if you remember then. Everybody whinges and moans about affordability now, but um, we were only allowed three and a half times income our mortgage so i had to buy with a friend we could get the deposit to be fair but the mortgage um and then as many know i bought in 93 so of course interest rates shot up you know around 15 percent and everything so um and i didn't we didn't lose on that property and again most people forget everybody a lot of people bought in the 90s bought and sold before 97 pretty much lost money um on their home and it was um uh it was that really that started me off in property i'd I'd realised that you had to buy somewhere and do it up, and that was the best way to guarantee you'd make some money. you build it in at the start. So um, that's what I started to do. So I was doing it in part-time. So I'd go to this really kind of post-job during the day in these big head offices. Then at night, I'd just go home and paint and, and strip walls and sleep on floors and stuff like that. Um, and I thought, oh, I quite like this property game. And unfortunately, like everybody else, I didn't think I'll go and buy lots of properties and keep doing them up. I decided that I was gonna go and do an MBA, jack in a job, do an MBA. And then um, I was gonna come in and change the way people buy and sell homes. Um, and I didn't realize that was gonna be quite as difficult <laughs> as it was, but we've got quite a, a stubborn industry that doesn't really like change so much. So um, anyway, I ended up uh, during my MBA setting up um, something called a property portal. Uh, when Rightmove and Zoopla weren't a glint in anybody's eye, still had the best name. So we set it up, it's called Good Migrations. You know i mean we just should have won the portal war over that to be honest and um we did pretty well actually at the start um but then it was going to be impossible to compete against right move etc um and then i just ended up sort of job um hopping from one property company to the other so the next one i went to uh who we'd met through good migrations was a relocation company and they wanted to move relocation online So we worked with BP, Pfizer, cadburys massive names, moved the relocation industry online, which went incredibly well. Um, And that was fantastic, fun, lovely company. And then they had a sister business that did Part X. So I then worked growing their business. um, And I think we got up to about buying and selling about 100 properties a year. Um, And if we bought a property in and didn't sell it out in three months, we lost money. So, oh my God, did I get good evaluations? But I'll, I'll admit to this now because I'm older and it kind of it was a long time ago. So, the biggest loss I had, because it's not an easy business, um, we bought it, it, was a bit of an accident, really. We, we bought a property in for 280 and we finally sold it quite a long time later for 200. So, Kate, that, you know, yeah, Kate. I know. But the amount of the rest of the money, because <laughs> it, I made him a lot of money. I made him an awful lot of money because uh, mostly we did quite well. Uh, but good, lovely little company, great, great boss. Um, and uh, and then I ended up um, being asked to set up a self and renovation centre in Swindon. So I kind of I just sort of hopped through pretty much every, I don't do commercial, it's residential or maybe mixed is the most I do. So I then set up a 67,000 square foot centre in Swindon, wow. Wow. Uh, which was incredible job. Uh, it was hard, really hard uh and um so that's kind of still there uh, that's a nice legacy to have uh and you can still visit or go online um so i then got to know a lot about self build construction all of that kind of thing um and then uh really i ended up doing consulting work and uh, actually um I was have and i'm still supported by um, belvoir's been one of my longest running clients uh, they're actually just down the road 10 minutes down the road from where i live so um and i then just got to work as a consultant with lots of really fantastic companies and people um and um i've ended up being quite protective of the industry actually because um it gets a lot of stick uh and i have to say i've worked in pet industry i've worked in food worked in all sorts of places and um i think it's one of the nicest industries with some of the nicest kindest people i've ever met um, and you don't often hear that and it's uh, it's important that the industry knows that it's uh, it's a lot better than it's portrayed
0: Okay, so that's really interesting. Actually, you've got, and I want to come back to that, but you've got one of Belvoir's biggest fans on on here, Zoe by Walter. Hey. So, so nice, nice to see. Stephen has a decent speaker for once. There you go. <laughs> and and also yeah. I know Jackson I know, know <laughs> <laughs> um, you got Frank Webster, who's a massive fan as well. Yeah, no um, so well, massive, I'm a
1: massive fan of them. So uh, this is a, that's absolutely mutual.
0: So, you talked about um and it's great that actually you're championing the um industry because the industry does have a bad name you're right why do you think that's the case? Why do estate agents and letting agents have such a poor name
1: um well actually mostly I hate to say this, but it is its own fault uh uh and it's everybody else's fault in the industry so if you think about the moving industry, you've got lenders you've got brokers, legal companies, surveyors removal guys who nobody ever mentions, but are actually critical uh, to the processes we found out earlier in the year. And um, the sadness that I have is I, I'm really lucky to work with everybody in the industry from that lender to the removal company. And there's a lot of people that work very hard to bust the gut. But what we don't do is we don't sit around tables very often and talk to each other. Um, hence some of the work I've been doing. And uh, the result of that is, uh when you when the consumer gets passed from one to the other you tend to find that the industry isn't kind about the person you've been passed from oh surveyors oh well they're just covering their backs uh agents well they'll just they they're you know they'll be back somewhere along the line planners always get back as well apparently um and one of the problems we do have with agency is that actually we're not very good at being nice about ourselves um so i think that and i can tell you independently there's a lot of really fantastic agents legal companies surveyors um and we should really gang up on the bad guys in our industry um but i perhaps appreciate you know there are bad people out there but there's bad journalists there's bad businessmen it's all over the place bad plumbers you name it the property industry is no worse than anybody else and actually i'd love to see some stats i'd love to see companies and it, and and the trade organization do more to say i probably work with more senior women than i do have in any other industry um i probably see social mobility better than most other industries in our industry if you're a good worker and you've got a good attitude and you get on with people you'll get on and you can earn a decent living um and it's those kind of things that other industries are good at championing and quite frankly we're rubbish and if you don't if you're not proud to be an agent um and proud of and, and could talk well of your industry um well you, you've got to really think about what you're doing because that we should be you should be proud of to do. i'm really proud of it. Put roofs over people's heads i think that's massive
0: and that's a message that isn't portrayed enough what do you think what do you what do you think agents can then do to change um the opinion of the industry yeah. And you're right. You know, there's cowboys in every industry. Um, And actually, it's the cowboys that make good news stories or bad news stories. They don't make good news stories.
1: It's almost that the agents don't actually need to do that much more for the simple reason that I know because I've done um, a lot of charity work with the RSPCA. And the first people that would always put their hand in the pocket for an event we were doing or for a brochure. I used to, for event we do every year down in Surrey for a brochure for that, they were the agents. Um, and uh, I would love to see, you know, the, the news guys. And I think we have seen some of this, actually. But I'd love to see somebody tot up how much money the agency industry gives back to its local communities every year. Um, and when you talk to people and it's the same for, for landlords, letting agents and for um, estate agents, when you talk to people, they go, oh, well, my agent was fine. It's just all of the others. Um, and what I'd like to see is more of the more from the trade associations about putting out about how great their industry is. And the best example I can give you, the best, the best um, that I've seen of a turnaround, if you, what do you remember like developers and how badly thought of, they were hit uh, with in the early 2000s, dreadful reputation and some pretty dreadful houses, uh, some of which are still being built. Um, but um, the House Builders Federation, oh my word, you look at them now, what did they want? They wanted the market to open up, done, 13th of May, they wanted stamp duty, done, uh, and then they wanted extension help to buy, done. Um, they have completely turned it around and the way they've done it is because they have shown government how important their industry is to um, the economy, the employment levels, uh, the amount of money that it puts back. So we I did a, a big report on housing and um, one, one of the, the things that always sticks with me for every pound that's invested in a new build house it generates £2.83 that goes back into the local economy, not disappearing into some ether into, you know, rich people's shareholdings or pensions, back into that local economy, because the guys turn up to work, they build the properties, um, they go and shop in their local sandwich bar and all of that kind of thing, and they stay locally, et cetera. So we need to have, we need to shout as a whole, and I'd like to see it as a home-moving industry, not just stage say, say, we employ this many people, um, we, they are paid better than average. We are better at um, treating women than other people and promoting them. And um, we are an industry that delivers this amount back to the economy. So a pound invested in the home moving delivers how many extra pounds it is. Um, and really get into MHCLG, which we've got a good relationship, I say, on the home buying selling side. We're not getting very far on the private rented sector, but uh, as, and not as far as I'd like. Um, so but it would be really great to have that same level of sort of respect and that that same level of, um, listening if you like to ideas that we've got um, that House Builders Federation have done so it's not really at an individual agent can do it because I think all the individual agents are doing a good job I think it needs to be done at a sort of bigger level um, that the home moving industry is a good industry if you choose the right people and, and that's the trick to it.
0: So should it be coming from property, Mark? Should it be coming from the RICS? Should it be coming from the um, NL, N-A, NLA? Uh, yeah. And, you know, you, met, you mentioned as well a couple of groups, so um, the home buying and selling group who does that comprise of and actually there's going to be people watching here because i know we spoke beforehand that there is a home buying and selling group and there's also a lettings industry council and there's most probably agents and people watching this that are thinking what the hell are you talking about you know what it what is this home selling home buying and selling group um you talk about and um you know what is this letting industry industry council and i I know zoe waves back at you and she's got a question as well but
1: Okay, cool. So um, the Lettings Industry Council was set up first, uh, and that was myself and uh, fantastic. And I mean, this is you'd meet individuals like this, and she's amazing. Um, a lady called uh, Teresa Wallace, who's uh, compliance um, at or, uh, and more at uh, Savills, and um, we kind of got together, and, uh, and we were talking about some of the issues in the Lettings market. And I said, well, look, what happens when you have your meetings um, as agents, and uh, should we don't we don't Agents, I was like, well, What do you mean you don't meet? And I had no idea it's about four or five years ago that agents don't sit around the table and discuss their issues and discuss how best to solve them amongst themselves. So that's basically how all this started. Um, and we started just so Teresa got some people she knew, and I got some people I knew, and then we thought, Well, we better. Um, I got on very well with the uh, called the NRLA now, National presidential landlord associations, we got them in. And we thought, oh, you ought to get the ombudsman in. And then I kind of thought, blimey, we better do this properly because we're starting to get complaints that people haven't been invited. And it was very informal. And basically the purpose of this, and the same thing buying and selling group is, do you know what? If we all sat around a table, everybody that's involved, tenant groups, um, industry, government, so we have MHCLG support both meetings. um, Wouldn't it be fabulous just to chat about how we could improve the private rented sector. Um, and I hope that's partly why we got the deal that we got for Ropa and we got that in because that we had a, a great group, another great lady in the industry, Glynis Frew, um, CEO of Hunters, she headed up that group. Um, and rather than um, Arla, Nalls, and Ricks putting together three different ways of regulating agents, we put one forward. And as part of that, we then said, actually, we don't think you should just regulate agents, we should regulate properties as well, hence the property MOT that people might have heard of. So basically, um, that group, the Lettings Industry Council, we kind of select a series of issues that we need to deal with that would make life better for consumers, but also that tends to mean for the industry, uh, two and and especially for tenants so um, and then we work as those group on those groups to um, try and make improvements right across the board and just reach out to anybody we need to um, uh, with often with help from MHC or G2 and then when the government a couple of years ago I kind of really wanted the home buying selling one because I felt we could do more um, and out of the two lettings industry does talk to each other but <laughs> the home buying and selling guys is just like or you're a surveyor oh my word i'm an agent we don't talk to each other um unless you're an rics agent of course so um i really wanted to set that up and just as the lessons industry council was working really well and theresa was looking after that much more uh, than and didn't leave me so much um the government introduced its paper to make home buying cheaper easier um and more cost effective or something Um, so they put a paper on that happened to be hosting a conference and uh the guy who put the paper together Matt, fantastic guy it's servant matt Pryor, he um said to us well um uh, i said well look would would you like an industry group would that be useful and he was like yeah that'd be awesome so just at the time when the government were ready to go and try and um, get through improvements in the sector we set up an industry group to help them but we also wanted to have our own agenda as well so we kind I just got a group of people I know right across the sector and says right let's let's work out five things that are a real pain in the neck um, are stopping us from delivering to consumers what are the five things we need to tackle um, people were quite passionate about those so unfortunately for them I then put them as head of their their working group which some of them are regretting now because it's quite a lot of work lesson and they're doing it all free of charge these are free of charge nobody's charging anybody nobody's getting paid for anything and um uh, and so for the last two and a half years we've been working on trying to very closely with the government and i hope quite successfully to improve the home buying and selling um sector and a good example of that is the guidance that was written for covid every single day the pub industry schools universities you name it they're all complaining about guidance well our guidance was all written before the market opened it was all agreed right across the whole industry across every single sector never had such fantastic collaborative work before and the day that the government opened the market which i know was still a shock to everybody uh, we had our own industry guidance ready to go which matched government so there was no conflict Um, And then each of the sectors could develop it from there. So it made it much easier. And we had consumer guidance. We had three consumer checklists on the day as well. And they might seem small things, but actually during times like this, I think that's been pretty big. And we're building on that now. And we're looking at some other things that we can be doing, um, which will hopefully be coming up in the next couple of months um, as well, um, to just try and improve the home buying and selling process. And if we can make it better for consumers, it means agents, legal companies, surveyors, they all get a better day. Um, so, you know, what, what's not to like? But we're not an official group, we're not, we have people who are one-man bands, we have consultants, we have uh, big corporates, uh, we have the portals there, we have the on- redress, everybody in, uh, as well as MHCLG, um, and everybody pitches in um, and does does what they can to help. and um it's it's really that's really starting to work it's taken a little while but i think we're getting there with that now
0: i mean really the sale process hasn't changed for god knows how many years you know and and the days on market still takes absolutely ages and you know obviously we're in the digital world now and i'm starting to see changes at the land registry um but you know how can it be more joined up you know why? You know why does this process take so long? Because that's what makes it really stressful. You know, and and it's for the, and the consumers are the most important people. You know, our job as you know our job as agents is obviously to facilitate, help, and make sure they get um, the, the the roof over their head. Um, but it just seems to be you know from an as an outsider looking in. It just seems to be actually it still was. It was in, uh, you know, God, well, when I first started 30, 40 yeah. years ago.
1: So one of the drawbacks for our industry, uh, part of it's own fault, part of it isn't at all, is that whenever you try and do something new, uh, somebody wants to come in and, and smack it down um often that's the media if you like they'll they'll kind of pull in and critique anything i've never known i mean if we launch, when i was doing food or in the pet industry or i haven't worked in the car industry but it's another one that i use they're going to launch something new oh the media are all over it. oh this is fabulous and they'll do pros and cons and they'll mark it out of 10 we do something new we get completely slagged off for it um so and we also as an industry tend to fight about whether it's a good idea or not and that doesn't help because we we, we've got to have, we've, we've got to accept that. I think the starting point of home buying, and selling is we are failing. We have a thirty-four percent, thirty percent fall-through rate after offer. That is atrocious, um, and it's taking twenty weeks to move home. That is atrocious. But blaming everybody else <laughs> is not going to work. So agents blaming legal companies and surveyors and lenders. Well, I'm sorry. Stop blaming them. Let's work out how we can fix this. And one of the things that we have done and are in the process of doing is, which, again, you might have heard of is um, we have what we call one of the main reasons we believe that 20 weeks and that fall through is high is because people don't have the information up front that they should do, whether they're buying or selling. And they're certainly not sale ready when it gets to market. Um, So we have worked with every single sector in the industry to understand what is it each of you need to know right at the start when a property is marketed to make sure that we minimize problems from start to finish. Um, and we've come up with something called the BASB, uh, buying and selling property information. And it's basically, it's no more complicated, the whole list of questions that the, the seller typically needs to fill in and some that the buyer needs. Um, And there's loads of new products and services coming out now that we hope we'll be able to take that forward. Um, And if we can agree all of those questions between us, and that's what we're not good at doing, but I'm I'm pretty sure we've nailed it on this time. then and get that information up front and we've got to work out how we all do that is that the agent's job is it do we get the legal guys involved earlier and if we get the legal guys involved earlier how do we get consumers to not think you're trying to agents trying to sell some sell legals early do you know what i mean and make money that way um so um we've got to we've got to work on how we firstly get the industry to agree with each other and we're starting to get good at that i think and then what we've got to work work out is um can we then get the consumer buy-in and get the media behind some of these ideas rather than kind of thrashing them and a good example of that for anybody who kind of thinks well what does she mean is that um the there was a criticism over um the amount of money tenants paid for rental deposits uh, and and advance so somebody comes up with what is essentially a bright idea of well rather than do a deposit why do you pay for insurance what happens Completely slagged off right across the news media. Nobody went, this is a good idea if you're in these circumstances, but not such a good idea if you're in these circumstances. So that is a classic case where somebody came up with a really good idea and it got by the media totally unfairly. Um, and that's what we've, we've got we've to break some very, very big um, uh, sort of barriers to making changes to how we move home um and some of it i'm afraid you know i'm wearing my consumer hat here consumers are really rubbish at doing it because they tell porky pies more than agents more than anybody else consumers tell porky pies and we've got to stop them from doing that
0: okay cool. so you've thrown out loads of loads of things there uh, so i agree 100% on being sell ready and buyer ready is there checklist um available at the moment to help agents you know, I know I think Gazelle's part of your um, home buying and, and selling group um is there is there stuff out there that um, agents can have now to be educating the consumer to be sale ready and is there stuff that um we or agents could be educating the buyer to be buyer ready you know to get that 20 weeks down to get that 34 percent down so at least we can start making progress now or is this something that we've got to wait um
1: yeah, well, to be honest, good agents do that already. So their self fall through rate won't be 34%. Um, and why aren't you telling people? <laughs> That's my, always my argument is if you've got That's a 10% right. fall through rate versus a 30%, why aren't you telling everybody about that on your first instruction? That That is like biggest news. If you've got a 10 week sales process because you're really good at your job as an agent, one you're good at working with the legals and surveying and you've got a fantastic sales progression department one of the most sort of hidden and um uh, i mean these guys to me are the, the sales progression guys they're heroes if you like getting getting it from offer to completion it's not easy um we never really talk about them as much as we should in my view um and i say that because people can say oh we do well that's fine but nobody the consumers that i speak to have never heard of heard of that kind of help they've never heard those stats before so If you're doing it, not not enough of the industry um, is doing it. So the other things, I mean, you can go my consumer site, is propertychecklist.co.uk. People love a checklist. You can go on there. Um, We produce the checklist for consumers. So, for example, if you've got people that you're doing visits with, um, you've got to show people around their home or removal day. There's three free checklists. They're up on the Home Buying Selling Group website. We issued them out, they went out through the NEA, um, all of the different organisations. You can access those and you can give them free of charge. There's no copyright on them. We had them all ready for you to go. If you go to property checklists, there's loads of things like 15 ways to speed up the sales, uh, speed up your legal process, um, how to make sure your property is ready for market, etc. So I do think getting good independent advice and there's other companies. So you've got property checklists, you've got companies like really moving, you do quite a good job um, giving lots of free information. Um, but there's also a lot of agents that do sort of first time buyer guides, those kind of things, and they they help. And if you don't want to spend any money on it, what we did in the early days, of home buying. we produced the, um, we worked with them really closely to produce the how to buy and how to sell guides, and their how to lease a property. That's those. Yeah, look at that. Wow. So I came. Like, even that's I,
0: right. came I, I came prepared. Yeah, actually, I just did some training, and uh, I had that prepared for them. See look, yeah. and to say I've just came well, I'm not going to sell your book, but oh, here you go as well. That's there right.
1: Paul's bit really. All right. Yeah. So you know, but there is, you know, I'm sure if you approach Paul and. You asked him for a deal on his books and you handed those out. You know, we're friends to the industry. We're not telling you we're, we're actually in that, but we will mostly tell people they should use an agent. And I'm uh, again, if anybody's on and you want to sort of talking to landlords, I'm like, if you're working full time uh, and you're not working in the property industry, don't even think about letting the property yourself. You'd be a mad as a box of frogs. Make sure you get Arla Rick's agent on board. Um, to look after you so you know you can you can quote me on that with with pleasure um, because it's it's essential so many landlords get themselves into such a pickle Um, and with huge fines that are around it's one thing I do write about a lot if you if you like tweeting and stuff like that every time there's a local fine for a landlord tweet it put it out on social media tell you next on your next instruction bring it up um, it's all about the legals in lettings for me to, and you're better at this, at how to get instructions. But a big part of it is just quite rightly, to some extent, scaring the living daylights out of them about the legal side because it is nuts.
0: There you go, great. So we're joined by Watford Royalty today, Mike Day. So, oh, top lady. Yes, I'm a participant in the home buying and selling group. Agents and others have a lot of of answers in their own hands, just need to put more, more effort into convincing consumers. So yeah. again, you know, how can you convince the consumers? You know, what, um, all the agents watching this, whether it's on lettings or sales, you know, how do they get the message out? You keep on talking about the negative media, um, how can we put some mos- um, some positive um, stuff out there? You know, if I'm an agent in Watford um, or Bedford, how do we get the message out there that, you know, we are good agents, we are doing good stuff um, yeah. and you should be using us?
1: So the first, effectively, that's what I do because I, I have to get people's trust. And the one problem that we have is they will trust the media and what they say and they'll trust their friends and family more than they'll trust agents and initially myself. But the first thing that I do when I talk to anybody in, uh, be they an investor or be it somebody buying or selling, is I explain to them exactly why they should ignore all the media information on property prices and rents. And um, you'll see in the negotiator, and I hope this is of help to people, every month we do um, a summary of all of the different reports. Um, so that's like a two minute read and you know exactly the headlines of what all of the reports are putting out. You take last month when everybody was just like running around, um, I'm not going to say like headless chickens because you couldn't have done, you had to be on your, you had to be like the last few months. Um, the Even the BBC, much as I love them when I was on there this morning, um, they put out a headline which said house prices fall for the first time in eight years. So my next presentation was that headline. Guardian, who always write badly about property anyway, they don't like anybody in property, even in social housing, don't like them either. And uh, uh, house prices fall for fourth month in a row. So that was Halifax, and the BBC one was a, a nationwide. The, na- the BBC one was based on a 0.1% fall based on data during lockdown, year on year. Seriously? And you're not going to trust me as an agent over prices? But you're going to trust the BBC telling you first house price fall in eight years based on a 0.1% fall. That should never, ever have been allowed to make a headline. The four-month falls on um, Halifax. Just tell everybody, just ignore monthly data. It's utter rubbish. I've been working with it 15 years. Never trust it. It's only used to looking back or uh, from an analysis perspective. But the land registry, for example, if they put out their monthly data and it says nottingham's down by two percent this month by the end of the next month when they get all the data in nottingham could be plus two percent so month on month data is rubbish year on year is interesting but the agents have so much better data because you have the price inflation of the last 20 odd years for their property on their road for the one they're buying and the one they're selling you know what the newspapers are telling them because it's being put out there in the media. So you just basically go across and you say, right, this is what the media is saying on prices. By the way, this is what's actually happening in East Midlands, in Nottinghamshire, and Nottingham City. Um, but I've looked at prices on your road and actually you've got a really beautiful house in the park um, in Nottingham and your prices are going up. Or unfortunately, um, you've got a flat that was bought 15 years ago. You paid quite a lot of money for it. And I'm afraid it's worth 20 grand less than it was before. Um, And if nothing else, you suddenly get their trust. And as soon as you've got their trust, then you can start walking them through all of the other things. So on average, uh, it takes uh, about a third of properties sales fall through. Well, mine's this. Uh, It takes 20 weeks. Well, mine's this. Um, There was a great, one of the best agents I've work with and i've I've worked with loads of them but what they used to do every single year was go through every single stat and just try to improve it a little bit a bit like them you remember when we became the world bike champions and it was because we were making these margin marginal gains yeah absolutely it's all about that and then it's about telling everybody about it um and being honest about it put your stats up on your website why not you know um and Never ever, I had a, I did have a big, well-known agent uh, sold my mum's house a few years ago, and uh, they walked in and they'd undervalued it by a hundred grand because they hadn't bothered to look at the sale price of the property next door, and I kicked their butt, big time, and I told them how much they'd let their company down and how dare they, um, so he went, oh, he went with a right flea in his ear. I've never seen anybody go quite so red, but shameful for doing that, um, and he just, it was just arrogant uh, and he was cocky um and he didn't quite realize what he was walking into um <laughs> it backfired badly and that's what you've got to always think is you know you don't know somebody could be I, the amount of people i deal with behind the scenes who are you know journalists and they've been so badly treated by the industry like some idiot you know not thinking you've got to always walk in thinking this is this is um uh i don't know a watchdog somebody sitting in a watchdog you've got to, you've got to always walk into something and just be honest, gain their trust. House prices and rents are a really, really good topic to talk about. And you've got that individual sole property price data, which most consumers don't know exists. It's amazing. Never seen it before. They think yours, They think I'm a super god when I present this data because they think it's amazing. It's there. It's free of charge. We've had it for how long? What, 15 years, 10 years? But they, they, they don't know it exists. And you've got it all in the palm of your hand. How amazing is that?
0: incredible right let's go and answer some questions because i'm grateful for your time and um right so um zoe so coming back what can we do to lobby the mhclg is there a way to get our um, voices heard
1: so i think i'm thinking more and more that really, what we need to start thinking about is, um, and I don't know how we kind of start doing this, is is home moving as kind of one industry, and we're kind of doing that because because I've got obviously set up the TLC to start off in the home buying and selling group. We we share what we're doing and we 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 always keep in keep keep each other in touch. And I'm on and myself and others are on both groups. So I think we've got to get smarter at. Um, lobbying really MHCLG, but also I think we've got to get better at communicating with consumers as well. Um, And for me, that's got to be a joint thing going in just as the NEA. And I don't mean that disrespectfully or as property mark, but we've got to go in with these huge numbers of people that we employ with this huge amount of money that we deliver to the economy. Definitely that House uh, Builders Federation strategy. Um, If we could get the respect that they have, and the understanding of the difference we can make. But what I have to say is, we've all got to get on, and we can't have any infighting between us. Um, we've got to all get behind the consumer and moving home, and not it's so and so's fault or it's so and so's fault. And we're still a little bit sometimes in that um, in that vein, I think. And we've got to we've got to really move past that um, to make ourselves credible, uh, more credible, really, uh, with MHCLG
0: and if people want to come on to i mean the home buying and selling group or the letting industry council and support it is there is there ways of agents on here that can do that
1: um yeah, so basically get in touch. One of the I will highlight one of the kind of things that we never thought would be a problem is we'd have so many people want to participate. Um and we don't say we've got members or anything because we're not a member organisation and you if you're not a member, you're not a bad person, and vice versa. if you're a member, you're not a brilliant person, and vice versa. So um it's very much about so if you can make the meetings great, we only have about four a year, a lot of them will be online now, and that might mean might be a better way for us to move forward so i've got to learn really from i used to hate online meetings but i I quite like them because i can do them as i am now with my feet up on my settee and it's quite nice uh so um it it's about so we do obviously produce all the minutes and everything if you've got ideas or if you've got things you'd like to change that's fine we do put out um i don't like to call them press releases because it makes them bigger than they are really we do put out communication so we've put out the home buying selling group about the BASB we've put out about the reservation agreement we've put out about the on the TLIC about the property MOT for example um so we've put that out and it's about getting involved and getting feedback from you um that that's really really important and then if there's anything you think is holding the industry back or where we're failing consumers let us know and we'll we'll see how we can do it and you can always join the working groups because they always need people to help Um, there's a lot of people quite a condensed number of people doing a lot of work at the moment and as as these the momentum grows we're going to need we're going to need more people to uh, pitch in
0: Okay, lovely. So you talked about um, property MOT for rentals. Um, Chris has asked, can you tell us a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, again, I'll I'll pass the after we've done this, I'll pass the two websites over to you. But the property MOT is sitting up on their Letters Industry Council website, um, and um, so you can download it. Uh, you can use it if you want. There's no reason why you can't use it. And the idea, as I say, it said earlier, was that. Um, we didn't feel that um, just regulating the agents was enough. If you think about it, there was a brilliant, if you ever want to read the best report on the private rented sector and what we could do to change it, it's a report by um, Judy Rugg and one of her colleagues uh, through the Nationwide Foundation. Absolutely awesome report. Government, don't know why they've completely ignored it, but they pretty much have, which is a huge shame. Um, but I'm, I'll still batter on to them about it. Um, but... Um, She's quite supportive of the property MOT. And when the data in her report tells us that, and it's not necessarily the best definition, but let's run with the stats we have. Two out of 10 properties in the Northeast are, uh, have at least a category one hazard. So 20%, you've got a one in five chance of renting a poor property uh, that's being illegally let probably in the Northeast. In, in the West Midlands, it's 4 out of 10 properties you've got 45 percent chance how many of those properties are appearing on right move and zoopla that are being left at the category one hazard you'd hope a lot less than that because they are taking agents properties not necessarily direct from landlord but we don't know and i've seen some very dodgy pictures on, on those websites so um for what we have to do is we have to at the moment, the only recourse we've got for poorly let properties that aren't are uh, not are not safe and legal, Habitation Act. Well, nobody's gonna really, no tenants gonna unless they're well off, take their landlord to court, unless it's social housing, probably, it's gonna hit them harder. Um and um the the other thing you've got is you've got retaliation eviction. Well, that's not done anything so far. Um, but what we could do. we could scrap licensing which also has just cost a huge amount of money taking up huge amounts of admin time on councils that they're not going to have for the future and just say to everybody do you know what here's a little three page it's a property mot tells you it's legally and safely let and you're not allowed to advertise on any of the portals without one how much easier? to try and imagine how do i explain to a tenant don't take a property if it's got damp or mold or slippery stairs or whatever but if I can say to them, you know what you don't buy a car without an mot don't rent a house without one either and if we could get every if we could really get the government behind that which you're struggling with or we just say to the industry do you know what can you just implement this and say to the portals can you do the same we don't need government potentially to do this we could do it ourselves but it takes a little bit of guts to do it if you like and and it's a big leap of faith I suppose um, but I think we can take more into our own control than we sometimes think. Um, and it'd be really great to see the property MOT take off, um, as say, with or without government support. And if that we get if it could get rid of licensing, I'm all for it. I think licensing is a, is a, is a bad idea um, and done well in some areas, but done poorly in most.
0: OK, lovely. And, and Zoe's asked, Roper or property MOTs or both and when?
1: Uh, so both and yesterday please
0: <laughs> right so um...
1: Um, I don't know how you beat up a government for not doing something but I'm <laughs> I'm researching it um, because actually the sad thing is all these laws that they've introduced to help tenants and they're still complaining everything's like the wild west and it's like well if you'd regulated agents 25 years ago like they'd asked for you wouldn't have this flipping mess in the first place um and we need to get people i mean people like shelter i can't see them shouting for it have a go at letting agents for discrimination when we all know that's a problem with universal credit not the agent or landlord um but where's their where's their chanting it's the biggest roper would be the best thing for tenants ever and for landlords because it provide it'll provide consistency and at the moment the government supports the bad guys and i do tell them this But if I go to Joe Bloggs down the road from Zoe or Frank um, and they tell me, uh, they they say to me, oh, we'll do it for like commission, 5% commission, we'll rent your property. Um, And I say to them, oh, but Zoe and Frank have said I've got to get a new fuse box in and I've got to get this electrical safety certificate and gas and I've got to do all this stuff. And Joe Bloggs just says, no, you don't have to bother with that. They're just charging you huge prices as a result. What defense have you guys got against that? The government's not been fair. Um and um that's why we fought for that's how we fought for this in the in the first place. Um and it's the biggest it would do more for them. When I do research with the agents I work with, the chance you getting evicted if you're with a good agent is about zero. Literally about zero. So why isn't shelter, why isn't the government absolutely going, oh my word, we've got to get regulation in because if we could bring everybody up to the great standard of the good guys, we'd wipe out most of the problems in the PRS but it's a hard, yeah, I don't know why we can't get them to listen, but we've got them this far, so we're just going to have to be uh, patient, I guess, at the moment, and and um, I don't have to be patient, though, I am pushing very hard.
0: Good, and if there's anybody who will get it and push them, it's going to be Kate Faulkner.
1: <laughs> I'll do my best.
0: Um, so Jason said, education is key with a thorough understanding of the process. Offering to help vendors understand forms such as a BSPI or TA forms will be welcome with open arms and will give an agent a key differentiator. Not only that, the agent will be able to inform the sales progress of potential issues, i.e. new windows without offences certificate before the buyers conveyance and find them in week 10. So proactive measures such as indemnity policies um, can be put in place. Here you go. Christopher Watkin. Kate is a star.
1: So, uh, <laughs> oh, there we go. So one, I get one, way
0: back. <laughs> yeah, so one final question. Um, yep. and I'm really ah. grateful. Thank you for your time. Is how do agents get to understand their local economy? Um, too many take the generic property news stories and apply them without thought to their own market. However, the reality on the ground is usually much different and this can make a real difference to your business and value that can be added to customers. So I think you covered that before, actually, about making it in your street. But um, Is there anything else you can add to that?
1: Yes. So um, there's an amazing amount of information out. The first thing is I would love every single property professional to not be allowed out in the morning unless you've read your local plan, which tells you what's going to happen in your local area in the next five years what's going to be built, where they're going to build it, what your population is now, what it's going to be in the next five, ten years, uh, where they're going to put new roads, um, what your average income is, because um, if you know your average income, you've got a good idea as to, and you know your average income is going up, for example, you can know you can raise rents, if your average income is going to down, go down, that's going to struggle, and you get need to let your landlords know in good time that they're going to have to be a bit keener on rents like they are going to likely to be this year. Um, So it's all the stuff at the end of the day, you put a roof over your head by through employment or indeed unemployment. So universal credit now for any agent that isn't. And I understand why you, you might not want to let to people on universal credit, but actually the risk of somebody privately losing their job after furlough versus somebody not getting paid on universal credit, it's probably made are a little bit more of a match. Um, so um, it's about really understanding and certainly for the next 12 months economically, how hard is your area gonna be hit? Who are your biggest employers? Because quite a lot of them probably will be hospitals, in which case you're gonna be just fine. Um, but if it's catering and hospitality, you're gonna have a tough time. But the lovely thing about property is if they're not buying, they're renting. So what's your strategy going to be when somebody's lost their job and they're about to lose their home? What can you do to help that person and what ready-made package have you got to make sure they either don't lose their home because you can help them with the mortgage payment, um, a bad word of holidays, but uh, um, deferral, um, or indeed you can maybe help them let that property um, and move somewhere else until they get another job and they can recover. So, and what do you, you know? If somebody's selling the house and they um, uh, they need to get divorced or whatever, one of the big things in the last um, recession was um, people having to stay together for four or five years because they couldn't sell the home. Well, what, what strategy are you going to have for them? What strategies are you going to have for tenants that can't afford the place they've got now? What can you do to help them move somewhere cheaper? What can you do to help work with the council to make sure they don't end up homeless, but your landlords still get paid? It's all about looking at thinking ahead for the next 12 months every single problem that's going to come through your door how do you turn that and I know it's a bit naff but how do you turn that into an opportunity because at the end of the day we can because somebody's always going to need a roof over their head so there's there's always business there it's massively about trying to work out how hard are you going to be hit over the next 12 months and therefore what new ways of working you're going to have to do but how can you help people because there's You know, people are stressed about property when often they don't need to be. Um, There are always ways of sorting it out. Well, that's your job to do it. And if that's going and getting them on universal credit because they've been sacked after furlough's gone, then that's your job. Go and do that. Um, And that might sound like me asking too much. You do that for that person. That person's going to love you for life and tell all their mates about you. And it'll be the cheapest piece of marketing you've ever done in your entire life.
0: What a brilliant way to end. Thank you. um Chris Watkin I can't thank Kate enough for the help and guidance she's given me over the years um Zoe the same so Thank you. Thank everybody for watching. Um, yeah, so pre, pre, appreciate your time, whether you're watching now or whether you're watching on replay. Kate, thank you so much for giving up your time and your lunch and your dog right. walking for, Dal, for Dalmatian yeah. um, to spend 50 minutes with um, the audience here. Really, really grateful. So, everybody, um, have a great Tuesday afternoon. Thursday, I'm going to be joined by um, my partner in crime, or one of my partners in crime on the Estate Agents podcast, Luke Sinclair, who's going to share all his um, learnings about his trips to ARIC and America um, and the conferences there and Tom Ferry so thanks very much thanks for watching have a great afternoon thanks again Kate really appreciate it
1: okay yeah everybody.